Biz Women Rock, episode 226. Thank you so much for stopping by the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm so very excited that you're here. I'm Katie Kremitzos. This podcast exists because it is a place for you to access very authentic stories from business women. So you can hear the ups, the downs, the tools, the strategies, all sorts of good stuff so that you can let it impact your business the way that you need to right now. If this is your first time stopping by the podcast, thank you so much. I really appreciate that you're here. If you're a longtime listener, you rock, you're awesome. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to these stories. There always, always is something to learn here. And whether you're new or a longtime listener, make sure that you go opt in at bizwomenrock.com because you will not only get updated on what's going on on the podcast, but you will definitely get into the trenches of the entire Biz Women Rock community, which includes a lot of phenomenal resources for you, okay? bizwomenrock.com. Thank you so much for being here today. Man, I've got such an awesome show for you. Okay, I know I say that every single time, but I seriously, it's just because we have so many brilliant women on the show who are so willing to share about their businesses in a way that is so educational and actually, you know, practical for for how you and I can take these lessons into our businesses. So uh, today is the epitome of that. Her name is Andrea Ayers. Her company is Launch Grow Joy. Now, what she does now is she creates online courses uh, so that people can access them and learn from her knowledge. Uh, This is such a great example of being able to take your specialized knowledge and monetize it in a way that uh, truly scales. She started out selling t-shirts years ago. And so uh, she's taken all of the knowledge she has learned in that business, which she eventually sold for six figures. And she's parlayed that into all of these different courses that she's created, including uh, PR, because PR was a massive way that she marketed, and anything e-commerce related. Um, So throughout this conversation, there are so many nuggets we go into, and she, I'm going to warn you, digs in deep into how to do all this stuff. So launching. How do you actually launch a course? And what I'll tell you that is so brilliant about what she shares is that she launches uh, her very first launch was so not pretty and so not professional and it still made money and it was amazing. Um, And so every single time she's launched, she's learned something a little bit different, but it's such a beautiful uh, way to be able to hear how to do it imperfectly at first and have it still be successful. And then she really goes in deep about how she created a subscription-based course um, and how she figured that out and brilliantly how you can do the same thing by simply curating uh, the content that your community is really asking for and being able to build that bridge and be that person. It's just seriously, my mind is like blown after this conversation and I know yours will be too. So let's get going with Andrea. Andrea, what is going on, girl? Thank you so much for being on the Biz Women Rock podcast. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. This is going to be so fun. I know. Well, I found out that you have lived in Fort Collins, Colorado for the past year, which is uh, has one of my favorite restaurants there. And I don't remember the name. I just know it was like a super hyper vegetarian vegan restaurant that my husband loved the food and he's a total like carnivore meat eater. So uh, all I know is that that's awesome. And I'm so jealous that you have that in your backyard. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
think I know the restaurant you're talking about. Um, I've, I've been to it and it's, it's pretty good. Yes. Nice. Very, very nice. Well, I'm so excited to be able to have you here to be able to pick your brain about your business, your journey, um, because you run a pretty awesome online business that I think a lot of us can really learn from. Um, but you started out your entrepreneurial career like selling t-shirts, right? I did, yes. And that was, it feels like so long ago. It was almost 10 years ago. I started in 2006. Wow. And what, what, what kind of stuff did you learn immediately from that? Because you, um, talk a little bit about why you decided to do that and c- how you had structured that from the beginning. Yeah, so I actually um, decided to start my t-shirt business when I, I guess I'll say the short story, but I was moving from New York City to Boulder at the time and I was five months pregnant and I thought the best thing and the smartest thing to do was to get a job so I can have health insurance and and a steady paycheck and all of that. And I was having a really hard time finding a job. And I was in a yoga class one time. It was a prenatal yoga class. And someone was wearing a t-shirt that said, be present. And for some reason, that t-shirt just caught my eye. And it really made me stop and think about everything. It was like someone hit me over the head. I don't know why. (laughs) But it was one of those moments that in a way, it was, it seemed like such an insignificant moment, but it had so much significance. So I saw that t-shirt I literally stopped and I said that's what I want to do I want to start a business making t-shirts that make people stop and think and um, not only the person wearing the t-shirt but the thousands or hundreds I guess of people that come in contact with that person every single day so I went home got online started researching how to start a t-shirt business and that's how my business was was started and a lot in the beginning I focused on selling to yoga studios because that's where my sort of inspiration came for this business and I sold about 85% of my business at that time was selling to yoga studios and, and selling wholesale and then I also had started an online shop. So it was um, a big percentage of my sales at that point were strictly wholesale. Gotcha. Now, how did you know? And when did you kind of figure out because you know, with any any one of us who kind of just start a business, we're, we're kind of finagling and figuring it out and tooling around with it and seeing what we can tweak to make sales better and what's working here, what's working not. And I know you did a lot of that. At what point did you really figure out Okay, I'm going to let's see where I can do a little bit better having my online store and how can how else can I get this out there? Yeah, I think it was um, pretty much, I mean, I realized I I set up an online store at the same time that I started reaching out to yoga studio. So my intention was to sell online from the beginning. So but what happened is that I was so busy reaching out to these yoga studios because it was just me at first. And a lot of them started to reply back and say, yes, we're interested. Can you send us X number of t-shirts and so on that at first I really didn't have time to focus on my online store at all. So it was just kind of sitting there while I was focusing on wholesale. And then I started to get a little bit of press. And this was about, I would say maybe, you know, within like six months or so is when I started to get featured in some of the smaller blogs. And as a result, I started to really grow my online sales because all of these blogs would drive traffic back to my website and people would be buying. But still at that point, it was only about 15% of my revenue. And I would say when that shift happened is when my t-shirts started to get featured in some of the larger magazines. And, um, and also on TV, I really was 
curious about what it was like to be on a TV show or to have my t-shirts on TV. So I reached out to a couple of um, like local news stations and some of the larger TV shows. And once that more than national press started coming in, that's when my online store really took off. And by the time I sold my business, I would say it was about maybe 65% wholesale and then 35% online wow. sales in wow. terms of my revenues. Yeah. Wow. Now, I know I know in the beginning some of that press or some of that attention was it probably kind of organically happened, but you made a very concerted effort to figure out how to now get your product in front of people and how to really be proactive about your own press and your own PR. Um, talk about just a few of the strategies that really worked well for you. Yeah, so I, I definitely did make it a priority. And I feel like and I don't know why I've always had this thing when whenever I start a business, I go like I really dive in and start reaching out to the people who I think would benefit, whether it's my product or services. So I never really just launch something and wait for people to come to me. And I don't know why I've just always had that um, that that part about me or, or that criteria or characteristics that I have. And with PR, what I did is I reached out to some of the smaller blogs. There was for example, a blog about choosing happiness and one of my most popular t-shirts had the phrase choose happiness on it. So I reached out to them and I said, hey, I just came across your blog. I love what you're doing. I have a product that I think your readers might be interested in. Would you be, in would you be interested in sharing it with your readers and doing maybe a review or we'll do a giveaway or something like that? And quite a few of, of those strategies worked really well. But then when I started to reach out to the bigger press, I really wasn't getting getting a response. And I think that's because at first I had no idea what I was doing. And the way you approach a blogger is so different than the way you approach, let's say, the fashion editor at Oprah magazine. And I didn't know any of that when I first started. So I spent a lot of time reaching out to big magazine editors and no one was writing back. So I thought, okay, maybe I just really do need the connections that PR agencies have. So I started working with a PR agency for three months and they uh, were able to make some introductions for me and get my t-shirts in some of the bigger magazines. But I still felt like I was paying them a ton of money and I, I wasn't getting much in return. And at that time, it was $2,000 a month and I would get maybe two or three features per month. And I really felt like it was just not worth the $2,000 that I invested in them. So I thought, well, maybe there's a way I can figure this out on my own. So I signed up for a ton of PR courses, read online. I bought access to a media database or actually quite a few different media databases. And I, once I, I got the actual email address of these magazine editors and I had learned what to say to them and what not to say from all these courses that I had taken, then I really focused a lot of my efforts on emailing all of these magazine editors that now I had access to their email address. And I would say that's when, because I was so focused, focused on getting PR and literally like every week I would send out hundreds of emails wow. to these magazine editors. All of that um, started to work and they started emailing me back and saying, yes, we love your t-shirts. We'd love to feature them. And, um, and that's how it all happened. But so, I mean, I, I don't think I ever had a magazine come to me and say, we love your products, we want to feature them. I've had some bloggers do that. Okay. But with yeah, with print magazines, 
all of the almost two, 300, actually 300 media mentions that I had were strictly me emailing them and doing that initial reach out and not waiting for them to come to me. So I think for me, that was a huge lesson that you, it's not the, the thing of if you build it, they will come is so not true. And, you know, it's like if you go find them and get them and connect with them and provide them with value and information, they then they're going to come. Um, so that's something that I... I learned sort of early on, but I didn't quite understand the impact of it until I, I started doing this like mass um, mass outreach to the press. Right. Well, and that's brilliant. So what you uh, have just did decide to do is take all that knowledge and information and parlay that into a new business, which we're going to talk about in a second. But the question is, is why did you sell the business? Like if you were, if things were going gangbusters, I mean, you re- you really had a very successful business for tell- selling t-shirts. So why did you decide to sell the business and how did you structure that? Yeah, it was definitely a tough decision, I have to say. And at that time, I was, um, it was an interesting point in my business because I was about to have my third baby and my time was, was really limited. So I had, uh, I was going to have a newborn a two-year-old and a four-year-old and I uh, I thought okay something has to give I can't do uh, both businesses really well plus I also had spent a ton of money it was the biggest investment that I had made in inventory and it was such a huge chunk of money that really made me nervous and I knew I was gonna sell it because I had done it before and I had all this press coming but it really made me uneasy to spend so much money on on getting t-shirts and at the same time other t-shirt entrepreneurs or aspiring t-shirt entrepreneurs were coming to me and saying hey can I hire you to teach me how you grew your t-shirt business how you got into magazines how you got in stores and I'd love to sit down with you and and talk and I'm willing to pay for it so I thought okay this is kind of interesting I had never thought about you know charging for information or coaching or things that I I knew how to do but I um, had quite a few of those people email me and ask me for the same thing so after months of that I thought okay let me start a coaching program I'll take on five t-shirt entrepreneurs I'll work with them for three months and I'll charge them 500 bucks each per month and I'll see how that goes and I was doing that at the same time that I still had my t-shirt business and I was investing all of this money in inventory and I was able to sell out all of those five spots and start I started working individually with these entrepreneurs and I loved it and I just loved seeing them get excited about their website their business getting their t-shirts from an idea into a photo on their website and a product that they could ship and I thought okay I'm really at a crossroads here because I can stop doing this coaching thing that I just learned that I really love to do I can put all of my kids in daycare and really (laughs) focus on my business or I can try to get rid of or not get rid of but um, let go of my t-shirt business and sell it because it was at a point where it was doing really well and it was going to be really attractive to someone who would be interested in it so I thought about this a lot and I decided to actually sell my t-shirt business and 
the way I sold it is that I put it up for sale on a yoga website because so much of the community that I had built around it was yoga studios and women who do yoga and I was doing yoga conferences. So there was this website that I found, I think it's called Yoga Finder or, or something along those lines where they part of what they offered is that they were posting yoga businesses for sale. Okay. So I thought I'm not technically a yoga business, but I'm part of that community. So let me try posting it here. So through that listing, I found a buyer who was interested in buying my t-shirt business. So it was kind of a, a really low key sort of thing. It wasn't um, uh, this big thing where I had a business broker and, you know, it was just, I hired a lawyer. I together, we decided what the business was going to be worth based on my profit and we priced it and then put it up for sale. So it was, um, I I would say it was a quite uneventful, (laughs) so (laughs) to speak, sale. Um, But it really allowed me to let go of that business and focus on the coaching and the consulting and that's that's part of the reason why I sold that business and plus I was about to have my third baby and I just knew that there's no way if I wanted to grow my t-shirt business I would probably have to spend double what I had spent in inventory the last time which was 50,000 so I thought it's just a bit risky for me to take a hundred thousand dollars spend it on inventory that's going to take me a few months to make it back because it takes about three months to actually get the t-shirts made before I can even sell them and I just didn't really feel comfortable with that with with my third baby on the way so those are some of the things that went into my decision making wow and just to wrap up kind of the sell of it, did you, um, I'm always curious to know when, when entrepreneurs sell their businesses, if you sold it for like a one lump sum, or if you worked out sort of a payment plan and how that kind of how that ended up getting agreed upon. Yeah, so it was definitely um, a, a one lump sum, I think, actually 90% of the the sale and it was a six figure sale so it was pretty significant right. <laughs> but um 90% of it i got up front and then what we had set on is that i was going to not necessarily stay on after that but i was going to be training the new owner on a weekly basis for the next three months. And then once that three month period of the training ended, when she really felt like she was good to go on her own, then I got the last 10%. So um, yeah. Okay, cool. Very cool way to structure that. So um, now you, as I had mentioned before, you really parlayed all of this very intimate knowledge that you now had gained not only on selling t-shirts, but just products in general online for e like having an e-commerce site, being able to do that, and especially the PR knowledge and the drive that you had. And you decided to parlay that into, you know, this business that you found out that you really love doing this coaching and being able to help entrepreneurs do that. Um, talk a little, I know you do that, you started out kind of doing that one-on-one, but you have eventually and now really do it through online courses. Can you talk about the very first online course that you created? <laughs> um, the Because I'm always curious, um, online courses tend to be very intimidating for people. So they might say, I have this idea, I have this knowledge, I know I can share it with people, but the technology or the vastness of it can get really overwhelming. So how did you take your first steps into creating your very first educational product, like your very first online course? <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, I totally remember those days so clearly because it was so overwhelming. <laughs> and I basically, I decided to launch my first course, which was about selling your products to stores. Um, it wasn't about PR. That was going to be my second course. But the first one was all about selling your products to stores. And I really went, um, by that time, I was a member of a couple of different entrepreneurial organizations. And I literally would go in the forums and I would say, hey, I'm thinking of launching an an online course, what sort of technology do you use? How do you structure it? And I, a lot of those members would write back and say, oh, you know, I use Camtasia to record my screen. And then I um, host it in a private members area. And these are some membership plugins that you can try. But I, I, I really didn't get that fancy at all. So my first course, I think was about five videos. And I remember recording them, our, our babysitter, I had to get our babysitter to come over and watch um, my kids so I can record this. And I shut the door to my bedroom <laughs> and I sat on my bed. I I had already written all of my slides, which it wasn't even really that comprehensive. Now that I look back at it, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I put that out there. <laughs> uh, but it was, it was really just a way to start. And I recorded all of my five videos that I had with Camtasia. I set up a page on my WordPress site that was a password protected page. And I, um, I put it out there. So I, wrote an email to my list because by this time I had written an ebook on how to start a t-shirt business. So I had all of the email addresses of the people who were starting a t-shirt business and I emailed all of them. It was about 220 people, I think. And okay. uh, I, I wrote to them and I said, hey, I just launched this course. If you are interested in getting your t-shirts into stores, sign up for my course. And it was priced at $47. And I, I mean, I had no sales page. I had just my email with a link to my buy now PayPal button. It didn't tell them <laughs> anything, <laughs> you know, and, and looking back, I'm like, that's crazy that I, I, I did that, you know, because I know better now. But it's but not. But here's the point that I really wanted to make. And I'm so glad you're talking about this because this is that is exactly that is totally OK. And that's the whole thing is that. We're so used to seeing these very put together courses by people like yourself who, however many years afterwards, they get it. They know all the details. But the first one doesn't have to be perfect. As a matter of fact, it's not going to be because if you wait for it to, if you wait for yourself to know everything, it's never going to get done. So exactly what you did is perfect for your very first time. I love that you said that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's just I was just talking to my husband about it because he's launching an online course. And um, I feel like he's learning from all the, the things that I had done along the way. Mm -hmm. But I just remember feeling, you know, I sent out that email, told people about the course, and 50 people signed up. So wow. this was crazy because I only had an email list of 200 something people. And yeah, it was huge. And I think it's because it was the first time I guess other than my coaching, um, it was the first time that I had sold them something that was affordable. And at $47, it was definitely pretty affordable. And I got these 50 people to come into the course. And then li literally immediately, I thought, oh, my God, this is crazy. Like, I... I can make more money with this if I had more courses. So, yep. um, so what I did was I waited a week and then I sent another email and I said, the response to the first course was so overwhelming and so many of you signed up. I'm launching another course next week on how to get your products in magazines. And I thought uh, people just bought this course. They just spent 
47 bucks on this. There's no way they're going to sign up again. And again, almost 50 people signed up for wow. my PR course. But I thought, this is crazy. I don't even have a PR course. <laughs> you know, like, what am I going to do? And I thought, should I just give people their money back? Because I didn't really think anyone would go for it because they just bought something from me the week before. Right. And then, I, right. So I, I thought, okay, no, no, no. I got to create this PR course. I told them it was coming next, literally next week. And, um, I sat down, I got my babysitter to come in again the next week. And she was looking at me like I'm crazy. She's like, what are you recording in your bedroom? You know, <laughs> um, all of this time. So I, um, I, I put up my PR course and that I had to do. I couldn't because there was so much more that goes into PR that then goes into selling to stores in a way that I couldn't really create this course in a week. So I put out the first, like the first module, the first video. And I told people, okay, I, the first part is here, you know, it's going to be uh, like a four week course and you'll get new videos every week. And um, that sort of bought me a little bit more time to create my course rather than just try to cram it all in a week. But uh, then after that, I thought, okay, now that I have a model where people are actually buying stuff, I need to get my systems in place. So that's when I looked into things like um, wishlist member and I signed up for Infusionsoft and really set up my systems. So that way, when I was launching my next course, I wouldn't have to scramble and it wouldn't be behind this password protected website. It would actually be in like a nice looking members area. Right. So, but all of that stuff I learned just by going on Facebook groups and um, organizations that I had joined and just asking people, hey, how'd you do it? What do you use? Um, here's what I'm thinking. And my second course was um, also $47. So it was uh, it, it was pretty affordable. Wow. I, I just have to once again, just say how much I love that starter story, because it's so imperfect. And it's beautiful. And it's imperfection. Because I mean, so myself included, I've gotten so frozen by Oh, my God, I have to create this perfect WordPress. And everyone has their own login. And the videos are timed this way. And the modules come out this way. And it can get so scary and overwhelming. And I just love the fact that you have let it be a process and let it start out just by doing it. And um, and you did mention, you know, you sold something first before you actually built it and then figured out a way to deliver it after that. I just I love that story. So um, I want to put this in context now, because now how many courses do you have now? Um, so right now I have, I think, five. Um, some of them I don't are not open year round. So some of them are just open at certain times of the year, but I have five courses now. And it's interesting because I'm launching another course um, in October. And this launch is so different. I have someone helping me to write copy. I have a designer who's designing all of the, um, like the members area and the sales page and the branding for it. Mm -hmm. I have a video person who is going to do videos and like film me talking about certain things. So this launch, is so much different <laughs> than my first launch and uh, yeah I, I don't think I would have been capable of of doing this and putting it together and having a team around a launch right. with my first launch so it's definitely my launches have come a long way <laughs> well if you can dig with me a little bit deeper into like the current launch strategy that you have. Can you talk a little bit about maybe like maybe some pieces of that launch strategy of how it all flows together to get somebody who's thinking about doing it, maybe at least knowledgeable of, of what to aspire to? 
Yeah, sure. So I've actually launched um, courses in a couple of different ways. My first were just launching by email. My next course that I launched, which was a higher end course, it was $797. I launched that with, um, you know, Jeff Walker's three part video series where I recorded three videos and they were spread out over um, maybe a week and a half and people would watch each video and leave comments. And then two days later, they would get another video. And then after they got the third video, my shopping cart would open and it would be open for a limited time, um, about a week and a half again. And then the course would actually start and it was a six week course. So I've done that as well. And then I've also launched courses with webinars and affiliates. So when I launched my course on how to grow your business with Pinterest, I didn't do the video launch. And that's partly because my that course was only $97. And I knew that I can use webinars to um to get people into that course so that course launch was totally different where it was me doing constantly doing webinars and bringing affiliates on and doing webinars for their audience and um and also doing webinars to my own list as well so that launch was even different than the other two launches and this launch that I'm doing now is actually a hybrid of everything because I am doing it with affiliates and partners that I've been working with who are with me since my first real launch. (laughs) Um, I am also going to be doing webinars. I'm also going to be doing the like the three part video series and I'm pretty much taking all of the stuff that I've learned about launching over the last four years and combining it all together and uh, having the team around it so I have my my assistant is her focus during the next um, like August and September is going to be all around the launch so she's going to be communicating with my affiliates and getting setting up affiliate webinars and um, I'm also going to be heavily investing in Facebook ads Mm -hmm. which is something that I've done before but not I think you know the most I've spent on Facebook ads was maybe $1,200 or something like that for for something that I launched before but for this one I really want to go all out and and actually have a plan so I'm going to be hiring someone to help me with Facebook ads as well so this one is so much more sophisticated but as as a result my price is going to be higher so the intro price for this course is 997. So I feel like my my launch strategy kind of um, reflected what my price was going to be. And when my price is lower, my launches are so much more low key than when it's a higher end price point. Got it. Love that. Thank you for going through all of those. Now, you, in addition to uh, all of the different online courses that you have, uh, your business model also includes like a subscription program that you have. Can you talk a little bit about that? And I, and the reason why I want you to talk about it is because I want um, I want everyone listening to be able to see that you don't have all your eggs in one basket, that you really um, not only have sort of like one-time buys available, but you actually also do have a subscription program. So talk a little bit about that and how you develop that. Yeah, I do. So that program um, came out of a need that my clients were having. So I... Uh, I got, I was getting a lot of, after I launched my courses, people would come to me and say, do you ever do PR for people? Like, can I hire you to be my PR person? And at first I said, no, sorry, I can't. Um, And then I thought about it and I said, you know, I'm really good at this PR thing and I know how to get results. Let me try it. So I decided to open it up. I sent an email to my list. And by that point, my list had grown. I think it was to, I don't know, at least like seven or 8,000 people. Um, This was about two years ago. 
And I said, a lot of you have been requesting a one-on-one PR help. I'm opening up five spots to work with me one-on-one. I'll do your PR for the next three months. It's going to be $1,000 a month. Um, if you're interested, fill out this application. And if if you're the right fit for me, I'll definitely be in touch. And I had, I think, over 30 people fill out that application. (laughs) So I thought, oh, my God, how am I going to choose between all of these people? And I ended up choosing nine people instead of five. And that was, in, in some ways, a huge mistake, because I didn't quite know what I was getting into. And by the time the three months rolled around, and I mean, I was able to get a lot of media mentions for every single one of them. But I was literally working nonstop on sending emails, sending out pitches, coordinating samples, filling out spreadsheets and all of the stuff that goes into doing PR. And I thought, you know, there has to be a better way because if I'm reaching out to a magazine editor and she's saying, yes, I am looking for jewelry that's handmade for my holiday gift guide. Well, I know a lot of those people that apply to work with me, their products are totally a good fit for that, but they're missing out on this opportunity because I simply can't take on any more clients. So Mm. I thought, is there a way that I can sort of pull myself out of the equation and still give people access to this information about what editors were looking for. So I did a trial run and it was actually a trial run with um, people that had signed up for one of my courses. I said, if you, you know, if you're like the first 20 people to sign up, you'll get access to my brand new PR program and that's going to start in a few months and those are sort of my guinea pigs for a lack of a better word for this program so those 21st people that signed up I set up this members area again I didn't know how to set up um, like a monthly ongoing members area so I set it up with um, like a password protected area okay. <laughs> uh, once again where I reached out to editors and as soon as they would tell me what they're looking for I would put it in that members area and send them the link to well, whatever was updated and the magazine editors would start coming to me and they would say hey and actually did this for, I would say, four months before I actually released it to everyone else. And by this time, the magazine editors would come to me directly and they would say, hey, I need a, an organic girl's dress for my cover shoot. And I need, you know, this type of bracelet and an organic beauty product. So I thought, okay, there's demand from my audience. They're getting results. And this was not something that they had to pay extra for. So the first few months were actually free for them because they got it as a bonus. But then there's also demand from these editors who are coming to me because they know I have products. But I knew that in order to scale it, I needed to have a wider variety of products that I was presenting to the editors and I also needed to have a wider variety of magazine editors that were coming to me so then I thought okay now that I've done this I see how it's working I need to open this up to my entire email list so I emailed my list again and I said we just opened this I've been doing it for the last four months with a test group and they've been getting amazing results and here's your chance to get in to this members area. And I said, I'm capping it at 100 because I really didn't know how it was going to go. And I didn't want to grow it too quickly to the point where I couldn't actually manage it. So I capped it at 100, sent sent out an email to my list. And 
I, I, I would say maybe I sent like over two weeks, I sent a couple of emails. And by the end of those two weeks, I had almost 90 members in there. Wow. And I was charging them $97 a month to be part of this program and or to be part of this members area. And I thought, okay, now people are signing up, I really got to spend more time on getting these opportunities. So I hired an assistant. And I put her in charge of reaching out to magazine editors and sharing what they were telling us in our members area. And I sort of took over the member recruiting part of it. And she was doing all of the editorial stuff for it. So after um, it took me about a year, actually. So this program has been around for 13 months now. I started in April of last year. And just two months ago, I finally decided that I needed to upgrade my members area. And I need to have a system where my members can update their credit card information, they can cancel their account. And a lot of this stuff can be automated. So finally, I now have a a members area where they could pretty much manage their account on their own. And I don't have to to go in there and cancel when they want to cancel or, um, or reactivate their membership. So, so yeah, that's how that is working. And, um, this is actually a great time for me for that program. The busiest months are June, July, and August because right. that's when magazine editors are looking for products for their holiday gift guide. Oh. And yeah, and so many people that I work with, their products that they sell online make really great gifts. So it's such a great way to really provide value. And I actually just reached out to the editor of Oprah Magazine, who's in charge of putting or, or curating products products for their favorite things list every year. And he just wrote back right away and he said, yes, we'd love to work with your members, Um, have them submit everything to you. And then if you can sort of arrange it to me in a nice visual format where I can see their photos and their description and get their contact information and send me that, then I'll go ahead and reach out to the ones we're interested in getting samples. So um, I was, I mean, I was just ecstatic because, and I haven't even posted it yet to my members because I want to make sure that I set it up the right way on my end to give him exactly what he needs. So rather than him sending, because now there's almost 200 members in there and I don't want him to get 200 different emails right, you know, right. from everyone because I do have to watch out for him and keep my relationship with him and not clock his inbox. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's been a, a lot of learning and adjusting and seeing what my members need and then seeing what magazine editors need and making sure that everyone is getting the most out of the program. So, Love um, it. So yeah, it's definitely developed. <laughs> um, Andrea, I really, uh, I honestly could talk to you for a long time because this is such great information. But I, I want to make sure that I'm, we're winding down and I'm respecting everyone's time. Um, how h- how do you manage all of this with your kids? Because um, you know, I'm I'm I talk about this all the time. But I'm at the time that this will go live, I will have just had my very first baby. And um, oh, congratulations! Thank you very much. And there are so many mompreneurs out there. So many of us who deliberately have an online business or some sort of business that enables us to have a lot of uh, freedom and a lot of flexibility. How do you manage all of this stuff with your kids? Yeah, that's such a great question. And I have to say, I could not do any of this without my husband. And he has 
he has a really flexible schedule, which is really awesome. And he, we both sat down when we saw my t-shirt business was working really well and supporting our family. And we sat down and said, okay, should I keep going with this or should you get a job and we can hire someone or I can cut down on my, my work hours and be with the kids. And he said, you know what? I am willing to take the next few years off of my career so we can, um, you know, so I can support you with, by watching the kids during the day. So we both decided that that's what he was going to do. And he is a theater director. So a lot of his stuff happens in the weekends or at night, Mm -hmm. which worked out really well for me. So um, now he finally, and then we also had like our first um, son started going to four days of school when he was three. And then when our second son was born, when he was two, he was going to like two days of school. And then when my daughter was born, she started school even earlier, like when she was one and a half. So I think having them in school a few days a week and really giving me that space. Right, right. And then also having my husband really, you know, pick them up from school, make their lunches, make sure he takes them out of the house when I need to do a call or, you know, or a training or something like that has been really, really helpful. And now he's gone back to work. He's teaching at um, a university here in Fort Collins, but his schedule, he works when the kids are all in school. So now that they're all in school and he's back to work, I feel like this is the next step of my business where Mm. now I have consistent time where I can really work from nine to two and I can count on that unless, you know, they're sick from home or something like that, right, right. Uh, which which happens more than I would like. But uh, but I think I, I really couldn't have done it without his help or without hiring someone because I have tried to work with them at home and it's really impossible. Like, right. I just cannot do it and they get frustrated. I get frustrated and nobody wins. So now I'm at the point where if I'm home, I don't work. And if I need to work at home, my kids have to be out of the house. Um, so and so that's how I've been able to, to sort of um, work that out. I love that. Well, Andrea, I, I can't thank you enough for sharing your story and for getting so in depth about a lot of your processes to launch to be able to create these programs to be able to create the subscription programs. It was incredibly educational. You got to make sure to go check out Andrea, you can make sure to uh, have direct there's gonna be direct links in the show notes for this. So Andrea, thank you so much, girl. You've been amazing. Oh, thank you so much for having me on Katie. This was so fun. rock.com forward slash 226 that's 226 that's where you're going to find all the show notes for this conversation with andrea god she was so brilliant and i hope i hope that you got something out of this that totally lit your brain up about like oh my gosh i could totally do this you know what it did for me is it really was like oh my god i've given so many presentations for free out in the community just because it's like somebody's asked me katie you're really good at this can you give a presentation on it and I could totally create that into a very easy and easy to access program. So, um, th- you know, like it's something as easy as that. I hope that you saw that if you have great information and and you can structure it in a way that you know that people are going to access and learn from, translate that into a program and don't be scared by not launching it perfectly. That's what I love most about this interview was that she was so clear about, I, I screwed up in the beginning. It was so basic. It was not that professional. 
But she still did it and she built on it and she had people buy from the get-go. She's been profitable from the get-go, which was genius. So um, love that conversation for this. I hope you got something great out of it and I hope more than anything that you really apply what you got to your current business, okay? I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.